So it's uh, my pleasure to introduce Rabbi uh, Yamatum, a very close friend of mine. Um, he's a Magashir and a Snedrish and Big Madrash, right? But uh, in Great Neck, you have your audio up. Hey, Midrash, great. Yeah, there you go. And we were looking for a picture when we put it on, and um, when we were putting making the flyer, and so I, I Googled Rabbi Tum's name, and I discovered that there was two shirim in England that was on the internet. That was the only thing that we could find. But at the very least, we can introduce Rabbi Tum as an international speaker. <laughs> With no further ado. Well, the pleasure is really... It's, uh, it's my pleasure to make my debut in St. Louis. It's uh, too bad I can't be in person. Maybe if I do a good enough job, you'll think about flying me in. And my good friend, uh, Rabbi Miller, is, uh, is, it's really a pleasure to, to be able to interact at this level. Rabbi Miller asked me to, to, say, to say Dvar Torah before Shabbos. And I'd like to take the opportunity, obviously, to, to seize the moment and to share an idea about Hanukkah. There's a famous Igeras HaRambam, the Rambam's writing to the Bnei Taimon, who are coming under persecution, under Gzeir Shmad, and the Yiddishkeit has been challenged at every level. Some of them find it difficult to remain faithful, and Bichlal, the whole Tzibur there, found themselves in a very difficult predicament. The Rambam's idea in that Igeras is to introduce them to the fact that shmad, difficulties, challenges, even to Yiddishkeit at a spiritual level, are not something that are unforeseen, untimely, bedieved. They're part of the nature of the Bria, the way Hashem created the world, the way Khalisra were nivcha, the way things were set up, me'ikara, was very much inbuilt that there will be challenges. There's going to be shmad. Yaakov Avinu receives the bracha, ahavtacha. The Rambam learns, the Rambam says that means two things. A, kloimar, that they're going to be, they're going to be, have to endure suffering. There's going to be a situation where however, Secondly, says the Rambam, just like offer by nature will always outlive the one that tramples on the offer. Offer is a facet of the Bria. Offer is an aspect of nature which will always exist. So too, Kalisra will always prevail. Shmad is something which has to be, which is there, but you have to be conscious of the fact, says the Rambam, that you will ultimately prevail and come out of the Shmad. And he writes, for have you not studied? Have you not realized? Are you not, are you not clear on the fact that by Nebuchadnezzar, have you not introduced yourself to these historical facts? Nebuchadnezzar put Khalisra to a tremendous challenge and they prevailed. And then the Ramam continues, They were Goiza, the Yavonim were Goiza, Shmad, and Gezerus Meshunas in order to challenge the Daswa Amitis. Gozwalin Shabbos, Lahafa Brismila, the components which define a Yehudi as loyal to the Abishta came under question. 
And this went on for 52 years, not a short amount of time. The Rambam says, The idea of Hanukkah is that Kalisra will always prevail. Kalisra always have a future. They must be. The Rambam writes, he's Mairich about this, and the Rambam writes a, tr- a very, very fascinating Lashon here. The Rambam writes, Chumoy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a haftacha through the Nevi'im. We will never be destroyed. We'll never come to an end. We will always be the chosen nation, the Umar Chasida, the devoted nation. And here's the Lashen that I wanted to read to you. Just like we understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu must exist, Amitus Mitziusoi is something that the only thing that must be is the Ebishtah. As clear as we are on that of the Soid and the Shoirish of the Bria is that the Ebishtah must and does exist. As sure as HaKadosh Baruch himself is as sure as the existence and the continuity of Kalisrael. Shekein Omar. The Novi says in Malachi, that's a that's a parallel, that's an equal. And equally, equal parallel to me. This is a, a tremendous loss in the Raman writes that as sure as the Matthias of Hashem, that's as sure as the continuity of Kalisrael. When I read this Lashon, Remind me, I, I read an incident that Rav Yaakov Galinsky writes over. They, they transcribed his, his shmuz and he said, I used to listen to him when I was a Bacha. I used to come to England. I used to listen to him. And he, he, he says over a story that happened to him. He was in Siberia during uh, the First World War. He suffered terribly. He writes about it. He talks about it a lot. And it seems to be he had a friend that was also suffered, was also in yeshiva with him, also lost a lot of family, went through Siberia. And then I think even World War II suffered in the hands of the Nazis. And it seems to be that they met up after the, the Second World War in Bnei Brak. And he sees his friend is very, very tzabrachan, is very down, was very depressed, understandably. So he says to him, I'd like to take you to Chaznesh. And he resists, the friend resisted, and he didn't feel the Chazanish would have anything to offer him, would understand his, his reality, his, his predicament. So Yaakov Galinsky was a forceful person, he insisted, and he said, I think it's worthwhile going, regardless of the result, let's go see the Chazanish. So the two of them went to see the Chazanish, and the Chazanish was macabre them, and he, he understood, Yaakov explained to the Chazanish what the nature of their visit was. So Chazanish said, I'd like to ask you, you learned in Shiva, he says to this person, I'd like to ask you a halacha shayla. Halacha shayla, this halacha shayla once came up, and I'd like your opinion. He says, there was once a woman who had taken upon herself the oil of Parnos of the family, and it seems to be that she was very capable. And she used to go to the market, buy wares, sell them at a profit, and that's how the family had the Parnosa. One day, she went to the market with a large amount of money, seems like, with the intention of investing in different schaira. And 
amidst the hullabaloo of the market, she must have misplaced the money, fell out of pocket. She couldn't find the money. And she was distraught. She was distraught. She went here, there, spent the day looking at the money, couldn't find the money. Downtrodden, she went to the local Rav and she knocked on the Rav's door and she said, you know, this is my predicament. My family's parnosa is dependent on me. I lost a tremendous sum of money. I, can, I can't contemplate walking into the door without this money. I'm just so tzavrachan. My whole family is relying on me. I just don't know what to do. So Rav looks at her and says, listen, I really can't help you. All I could do, what I could do is, I could send out messages, announcements in the various shuls. And if you're lucky enough, a Yiddish person found it, maybe they'll come forward and we can recover the money. And sure enough, a day or two later, somebody comes forward, he has the money, and he'd like to call a meeting in the Rav's house, and they get together. There's the three of them, there's the Rav, the woman, and the person that found the money. And he says, listen, I'd just like to say my piece before we do anything here. I'd like to say my piece, the person that found the money, maintains. He says, my situation is, is that my, we're desperately poor. We live in complete poverty. I don't even have the money to, to, to buy food for my children. Every day is a struggle. My wife looked at me desperately and said to me, do me a favor, just go out and maybe you'll find some kind of business, some kind of job, something. We'll be able to get through the week. So I left to the market and I stopped by the base of on the way and I pulled out to Hillam and I started davening and I started crying. And I just done the Abishta, please, please send me some aspect of Yeshua. I have no idea what, where I'm going, what I'm doing. Send me some level and aspect of Yeshua. Something I should be able to walk home with something at the end of the day. I left the base of Medrash and go to the market and I literally fell over this money. I fell over this bag of money. I've never come into contact with such a large sum of money. And there's no question in my mind that this money has been sent from Hashem to me. There's no question he's answered my tefillah. You take away this money from me, I'm, I'm, I'm back to square one. I'm not getting this money back. And as far as I understand, he says, there's a yush, there's no simon here. Halachically speaking, I have a right to keep the money. And the Rob looks at the two of them. She looks like she's about to, 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 to have a nervous breakdown. This man looks like he's, he's, he can't walk back into his house. And the Chazanish turns to him and says, no, what do you say? So the Chazanish said, the Shaila happened, it's a Maishishaya, and it went to the Kovner of. It went to Musical Khanan. And Musical Khanan paskand that there's no Yish over here. Who's Mayaish? The woman was Mayaish? It's not her money. She's a married man. She's a married woman. She has a husband. It's not her money. She can't be Mayaish on someone else's money. It wasn't hers to be Mayaish. And therefore, the money goes back to its rightful owner. The finder doesn't have a right to keep the money. And she goes back home with the money. And then Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky writes, the Chazanish turns around and looks at his friend and started staring at him. And he said, you? You? You're being Mayayish? You're being Mayayish? You're not a balabas on yourself to be Mayayish? You can't be Mayayish? You belong to the Ebishta. You're not in charge of yourself. You can't be Mayayish. It's not up to you. You have a future. You have a life. The Ebishta has given you life. You must live. If the Ebishta has given you life, you must continue. You have a future and it doesn't end. This is the Ram I'm saying. What we draw from Hanukkah is, what we receive from Hanukkah is, is that the Ebishta is invested in us. 
This is not an ancillary idea that we must continue, we'll prevail, we'll get out the Golas. This is Mitsuyusu Shalakodish Baruchu. This is Aniashem Moishonisi, Vaatem Niyakov Lechlisam. There will be a Gula, it will happen, it must happen. Just like the Ibishta is, will be, must be, so too our future is as secure. We can't be Miyayish, we can't give up. It is, it has to be. It's the Ibishtas. That says, Rahinchem Yoidim, are you on familiar, says the Raman, what happened by Hanukkah? That's what we take out of Hanukkah. That's what we draw when we light nearest. That's what we're taking. That's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that. It's Mitsi'usa Shalakadosh Baruch Hu Ani Hashem Loishonisi Va'atam Ani Yaakov Loichelisam. Like I said, I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time to say Divrei Torah. Maybe the time will come when we'll get to meet in person. But like I say, I appreciate and uh, I value this friendship that I have with the Rosh Koyal, Rabbi Miller. And I'm sure he's making everybody proud. With that, I appreciate it. I wish everybody a good Shabbos. And uh, Beis Hashem, maybe we'll have another opportunity. Oh, yeah.